when we begin the brand strategy, it is quickly apparent that we are answering questions that should have been answered much sooner. And that would have led them in uh, making better decisions. Hello, and welcome to Brandtuned, a podcast on brand management that covers trademarks and IP as they're intrinsic to brand equity. I'm your host, Shireen Smith, author of Brandtuned. Writing this led to Byron Sharp's evidence-based research stressing distinctiveness over differentiation, which I largely agree with, though not totally. Hence our tagline, Sharp Branding. My guest today is Derek Day, managing partner of the Blake Project. His experience is as extensive as it is diverse, encompassing the disciplines of business and brand strategy, advertising and public relations. Prior to launching the brand consultancy, the Blake Project, in 2003, Derek held rewarding leadership roles at global advertising agency Saatchi and Saatchi, as well as at three other respected agencies. Derek, welcome to the Brandtune podcast. Shireen, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you and uh, your audience. Great. Could you tell us a bit more, Derek, about what you do, what your background is in brand? Yes. So uh, I'm the managing partner of the Blake Project, which is a strategic brand consultancy that I founded back in 2003. And essentially, we help uh, organizations and brands increase their value, um, release their full potential, and uh, and actually help them on searching journeys uh, arrive at a uh, arrive at optimistic decisions about their competitive future. And we help brands in all stages of development, from startups to global brands. Um, and that's that's really been uh, the focus of my career. Uh, my in the early days, I was in the management tier at Saatchi and Saatchi, a leading ad agency. And then I founded this uh, consultancy. Um, so it's very rewarding work. And uh, um, to prove it, I have an opportunity here with you uh, to to meet you and your audience today. Yeah, it's great, actually, your experience, because one of the issues I've been grappling with is if somebody decides their business strategy, which would include their vision, mission, values, positioning, and all that, and then they come to decide what their brand strategy would would be, which I guess will be much closer to the time when they're going to have a visual identity. How does do the two strategies play in with each other, so to speak, in practice? It's a it's a really fascinating question, um, and it's fascinating just because looking at how business has evolved over time. I think to get to the answer, you have to start at looking at what's been shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me first start by saying there's really been a shift over time between business in general. Uh, for example, B2C, uh, business to consumer, B2B, business uh, to business, has really morphed into a place where we're at business, B2P, business to people. Uh, 
Mm. Um, and that has, I think, triggered the uh, understanding that business strategy and brand strategy um, in, in many ways are, are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and both are sources of value. Uh, now, one may be the thing that you make or the thing that you do, uh, while the other is uh, the human side of those things. And uh, we all know that it, when it counts, it's, it counts because of the human side, how, how uh, people respond to whatever value uh, you have created. So in my view, when it comes to, uh, you know, what should go first? Should it be a business model uh, a strategy or should we look at that or should we look at brand strategy? The conversations have to be taking place at the same time at these embryonic stages. And, um, you know, in more definitive terms, brand, think brand first, business second. Um, so in that sense, what you're doing is you're asking first what is most asked second these days, which is, you know, who do you want to be your customers? How do you want uh, the world to change for them? Um, how, do, how would you want them to feel? Uh, and in the context of your idea and start with those brand questions first, answering those is going to give you the pathway to uh, building this human side uh, of your business, um, which is absolutely critical. Now, I I know there's been a uh, a struggle of sorts. You know, what do I work on first? And even when I uh, meet with uh, and work with startups, they have typically come to me when they've already gone through the business strategy. But when we begin the brand strategy, it is quickly apparent that we are answering questions that should have been answered much sooner. Um, And that would have led them in uh, making better decisions uh, uh, for their business in the marketplace. And so I do think there is a a growing uh, amount of um, brand consultants, business consultants, business people that are that are ad- adopting that idea that you really need to think brand first and business strategy second. Uh, but the two uh, have to be thought out in uh, unison and at these embryonic stages. I think one of the problems is that for many small businesses, they equate branding with something a designer can do, a visual identity sort of designer and then they think they've done branding i mean it's to do with the fact that i assume they think a brand is a logo even though they might say they don't think that in practice that's how they tend to behave in that they go to a designer as soon as they want help with their branding so you know from that point of view i would have thought they're better off to work on their business first before they translate it into a brand strategy if they're going to go to a designer rather than you know somebody else Mm. yeah shireen you um you're exposing uh an ongoing problem in the world of marketing uh and that is that 
there's too many people that think brands are a logo. And this is decades and decades into uh, brand management. Uh, uh, brand management was first popula- popularized by Procter & Gamble uh, about 80 years ago. And here we are decades later in brand management, uh, your brand identity is only one component of your brand. Um, the way that I define brands uh, is that it's a sum uh, of all the experiences a customer has with you. So it's a totality of everything at every possible customer touch point. It comes together to encode one thing about you in the minds of your target customers. Um, so when there is a, a pull to make a logo or get to the tactics, uh, it's, it's, it's human nature to, to want to get to the creative side of building a brand. But in, in fact, you have to think about well, what kind of value am I going to own in the mind? And is that value going to be unique? Um, and compelling. So those are the those are the things that you have to think about first, and then they inform what your logo is. Um, but when startup uh, business founders they they initially are thinking about an idea, um, they are also thinking about well, what can I get done now? And perhaps for some of them, it's well, I can make a logo now. Uh, I need to begin communicating what this business is all about. Um, but it's still today, it's it's the, the mark of an unsophisticated business person uh, or um, I dare say marketer to think that making a logo is making a brand. Um, brands are also seen as meanings. And if, if, you, if you look at your logo, um, you could look at it like a vessel. And you're going to pour meaning into that. And so when people see that, they understand what it is and what, why it matters to them. Um, so it all comes back to this, Shireen. Uh, marketers have done a very poor job of marketing marketing. They've created confusion. But we have over 10 accepted definitions of what a brand is. Um, there is, uh, we even in, in the discipline itself, uh, you could talk to someone that says they're a brand strategist and you find out that they simply will help you um, create a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so even it's, it's very, um, a brand strategist could be someone that's working, um, helping a global brand um, think through this unique value, or it could be someone setting up a LinkedIn account. I mean, it's just all over the road. And that has, I think, limited people's understanding and um, and actually held business back. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, that, that's actually one of the reasons I'm writing this book, because I see so many business owners have problems because they chose a name, maybe with a designer, maybe without a designer, without understanding there's a legal dimension to it. So there's a lot that business owners don't know. And when they go to a branding person, a designer, they assume that that designer knows everything they need to know. And they often don't know about IP. So, you know, this is one of the problems that I'm trying to address in this book is to 
kind of say if you if you had a brand manager in a business there would be somebody who would know all the different skills to pull in at which point in time and the business owner often doesn't know this because they're probably much more clueless than everyone else in the you know space so you know that's what's missing i think uh, some sort of brand management service for smaller businesses and they're 99% of all businesses are small businesses i think one of the 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 key takeaways here um is that creative which is what we you know a component of creative would be your um your brand identity mm. creative without strategy is art Mm. And when you come to a a designer to make your logo and you haven't thought through the brand positioning, you know what is what kind of unique value are you creating and for whom? Um you're essentially uh given that designer an art project. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh and that is is not going to put you in the best position uh to win in the marketplace. What you need to start with is the I mean ideally you start with the mind of your target customer. You know what matters to them. You figure that out. And what I like to say is, you know, get in possession of the truth. Uh understand that the private voice of your target customer, what are they saying about um your 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 products, your services, competitors, what are they saying to themselves about those things? be in possession of the truth and then when you have that then you can use that to inform um your brand positioning um which is what value am i going to create that matters to those most important in my future what what's going to be at the top of that pyramid um and and so what happens is especially with startups small business owners is it, it there's there's a tendency for you know could be several reasons to skip steps and just get to the tactics um the unfortunate thing and i and i must say that when i there is a a fair percentage of of the startups that i work with they've raced into the marketplace without thinking through the brand strategy they've been out in the market for uh you know a year and a half two years uh sometimes 3 and they're realizing that they're not resonating with the target customers there's 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 a connection that is um there's a, there's actually a well you could say a misfire so then they bring in uh they they bring me in and we talk about well what is this brand all about what what kind of difference are you trying to make in in the lives of your target customers and you know we understand in in the process that they've raced out into the market and they have essentially um encoded things uh that were not uh, advantageous to them as a business in the minds of their target customers so um that creates a problem where uh, at its most extreme you've got to get someone to change their mind about you and that is the often the hardest work of all and in most in the most extreme cases you end up changing your name um so you know thinking this through uh you know the adage you only get one chance to make a first impression it very much um 
very much rings true in in this case of building brands and introducing them to the marketplace. You know, what do we want people to remember about us? That's where you want to. Uh, that's why brand building a brand. It's it's careful work. It's thoughtful work. Um, it's not something. Hey, look, I a designer came up with a great logo. I guess I have a brand. Um, it has to. Um, it has to be driven by strategy. Sure. Do you have any tips for how to understand what customers want and need? Well, um, well, Shireen, that's kind of a broad question because of sure. uh, the 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 in- interesting uh, because of just the, the many different um, types of. Uh, businesses and industries you could be in. Um, but let me just say, maybe back to what they need, I would answer it this way. Um, it starts with first figuring out, answering some big questions for you so before you can go out to the customer. So figure out, you know, if the um, if the world, what would the world miss if if my brand or my offering did not exist? And if the answer to that question is not much, then you know you have to, um, you've got a lot of work to do. Another question uh, I would ask is, if we could make our customers feel one thing, what would it be? So be very intentional about the emotions you're trying to um, evoke. Uh, another question would be, do we have enough evidence to support any claims we're making? Uh, we're living in a world where um, there's a demand for transparency, authenticity. You better have enough proof. You better have enough evidence. Uh, and if you don't, you you need to get to work in creating real evidence to back up your claims. Um, uh, another another thing that I would I would encourage uh, founders, um, to really think, think about is, you know, in an over-communicated society where you're either the signal or the noise, what is the minimum that is required in our communications, um, uh, that would, you know, simplify what we're all about? What's the minimum rather than going out and designing all of these things that, clutter the market, what is the, the the minimum? And and you'll always hear Apple being a great example because their their minimalist approach was one of the things that helped drive um, their business. Um, so those are some of the keys that uh, I, th- I think founders, startups, businesses, they have to know to grow. They have to really have a handle uh, on those answers. So when they get out in the marketplace, um, their value will be um, crystal clear. Uh, that's 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 a real key. Talking about Apple reminded me in the book, "Good Strategy, Bad Strategy." He analyzes in great detail the choices that were open to Steve Jobs when he returned to Apple, and it wasn't by any means obvious what the solution was. So it was good strategy on his part, good decision-making, 
which set Apple on the right road. So that was making the business strategy first. And then afterwards came the brand strategy and Apple thinking through its whole sort of brand, I guess. You're absolutely right. I mean, that we often refer to Apple and just the, the brilliance of, of what was accomplished there. And Steve Jobs' focus on um, the human side of of what this would become, and and also just the unlikeliness of it, because if you got to learn about him as a human, he wasn't really a, a real friendly one. Mm-hmm. So there's there's lots of kind of the plot thickens in that story. Um, but what we've seen now and today and where we are is. The, the world desperately needs the warmth of human-centric brands. So even in business to business, uh, there is somewhat of an awakening that we need to understand how to better connect with people. This is everybody that's in business is in the people business. And for many years, and, and I'm going to pick on B2B for a little mm-hmm. while here, uh, for many years, I think the B2B people thought they had a license to be boring. They had a license to uh, not think about people in terms of them being people, um, that they were some kind of machines that made um, decisions, you know, just based on price. And that's just not the case. Um, there are emotional drivers to pur- purchase decisions in B2B just as much as there are in B2C. For, for example, in, in the B2B world, you're, it's about mitigating risk. Mm-hmm. So the focus has to be on um, how can I give you confidence, uh, clarity in this, th- that whatever you're about to purchase is, is going to um, make you uh, feel and look like a hero in, in, your, in your own company when you make this purchase. Um, it, it all comes back to um, the, uh, the 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 science backed understanding that a hundred percent of purchase decisions are based on emotions, um, and that's uh, that uh, that's so key. Uh, and when I talk about emotional connections, one one more thought on this, Shereen. When I talk about uh, emotional connections, what I want people to un- really understand is that you know while love is an emotion for people um for brands it needs to be an action uh and it can be an action uh when you focus on building these emotional connections so there's a there's you'll still find cfos you'll find ceos that would dismiss this idea of emotional building emotional connections even with um science uh you know being presented to them um but i gotta now come back and compliment marketers because the field of marketing is what creates the future marketing creates the future they're the closest to the customers they're the closest to the market where accounting tracks the past and marketing's about the future, and um, and so we are getting some important things right in uh, in marketing, and we're right out in front. Uh, and so, take your marketing seriously is probably the big takeaway here, <laughs> and not just uh, 
hand it to a designer and think that your job is done um, or your job is is getting started. You're not even getting started at that point. You've got to come back and figure out well, what what's at the core of what I'm creating here and how will that change the lives of those that matter most to um, my offerings future. So there's other questions to answer, but you've got to start by answering some big questions. So how would you inject emotion into a brand? Yeah. So um, you would think about, so let's, let me kind of break down a little bit of what a brand positioning statement is. Uh, It starts with in understanding of your customer, that's usually done with uh, what we call a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, this is a component that um, hopefully would be married with some research in the marketplace. If, if that was possible, we would have that first. Uh, and then we would move into understanding who your primary target customer is and I'm building up to your to your answer. Um, who represents the most value? The next thing we get into is something called brand essence, which is the heart and soul of a brand. Uh, an example would be Starbucks. Th- three words: adjective, adjective, noun, format. Rewarding everyday moments. So those three words. Every decision Starbucks makes, um, they make through that lens. Is this a does this coffee bean reward everyday moments? Could this new employee reward everyday moments? Does this soft seating, does this pricing strategy reward everyday moments? And if the answer is no, you don't do it. Now, the next step, and this is all part of you know, consulting work. We think through all these steps. But this next step is um, where the differentiation happens and where you have an opportunity to infuse um, uh, your first opportunity to to think about emotion in um in in strategy terms so the brand promise is what is the only thing that i'm that my company can do or my offering can do that uh, that others cannot so that word only is very very heavy and this is um this is what makes the works so hard but also most valuable is deciding this unique value. And in that unique value, what you're looking for is how can we be unique in terms of uh, not just what we do and you know what we're offering, but or even how we're communicating that value, but how we can make people feel. So um, there's some very uh, pointed questions here. Uh, you know what are we going to um, uh, what are we going to leave someone with once they experience this this offer? And you've got to um, what we say laddering up, and that is you know going above um, features and benefits and getting up to that um, emotional tier and and where emotional connection is created. And this is part of if if you look at business strategy, brand strategy, and you take on the attitude that what you're building is something for a, a person, um, then you'll go at these um, questions differently. 
there was a a long time ago, uh, a long, long time ago, I actually, this is when I was a teenager, I'm much older than that now, um, but I, I actually had a radio show in my late teens, and um, the it was a show that was for you know, demographic with, you know, our target demographic was about a, a woman 28 to 35 years old, roughly there. And my program director, he cut out a picture of a woman that fit that description. And he taped that on the wall in front of the microphone. And that was to remind all of us that we're talking to people, not talking to some mechanical, um, you know, thing. And we needed to connect with that person. Um, and that's what you have to do when you're thinking about business, uh, because you're building this human side to your brand, actually, whether you like it or not, even if you do nothing, people will take away a feeling about the experience that they had with you. It's critical that, that that's a component in, your, in, in how you approach this. I think that makes um, complete sense. What's confused me somewhat is Byron Sharp's work where he says that meaningful differentiation doesn't matter and that all that matters is distinctiveness. Um, so it's about being distinctive as a brand. Of, but that presumably might be the experience people have of the brand. You know, I'm trying to work out how do you not worry too much about differentiation, but then what are you doing in branding? If if you're not going to differentiate, how do you create a brand if it's just about, and he says distinctiveness is about looking like yourself, being recognizably yourself. Have you read? Yes, I have. And, and I, I, you know, I commend Byron Sharp because he has um, elevated the conversation of brand. And um, something to consider in in brand strategy and business strategy is neither one is it's is is ever finished. It's mm -hmm. it's not a pond; yeah. it's a river. We're all evolving. We're all thinking about this. But where Brian Sharp is going is also something I agree with, and that is uh, uh, a related concept of shared values. Um, you know, I see some of me in you we have that connection. And another way to look at that is the makers of the stuff are also the users of the stuff. <laughs> so, um, I mean, in its best reflection uh, and in a real world example would be Patagonia where um, the, the legend of, of Patagonia, the clothing brand is, is that um, you, and it's about 30 minutes from my home, uh, uh, Patagonia, you won't, you won't find any of their employees there on Fridays because they're out mountaineering, uh, mm -hmm. surfing, doing all the things that uh, their customers do um, in wearing their products. So the shared values concept is <clears throat> Patagonia also believes in protecting the environment, which is important to me. Um, that's, that's the thing. Well, not everyone has a social purpose. I mean, it works for them or Tom's shoes, but not every brand can have a social purpose. I mean, Apple doesn't have a social purpose. Well, you you, you pose an interesting question, um, Shireen, because I, I think the question now is, um, what is your social purpose? And if you don't have one, 
maybe you should be considering um, how you're showing up in the world beyond making money and beyond, um, you know, what, what is that thing that you can do? See, and, and this is because of the, the importance of brands has been elevated over the last 10 to 15 years. People want brands to fix the world now. That used to be the job of institutions. But be, with the erosion of trust in institutions, I'm talking government institutions, I'm talking religious institutions, I'm talking even in some cases academia. Uh, now you have brands. And brands are stepping up to fill the role of fixing the world. And so this has now become an expectation, especially um, with uh, younger generations. And so it, a conversation about your purpose is, is become a conversation about your future and whether or not your business is going to earn a place in the future. So, um, uh, you know, a, a colleague of mine, uh, this is a long time ago, uh, a mentor, really a mentor of mine, Jack Trout, who actually um, coined Not the term positioning. Mm. Okay, great. So Jack told me, uh, this, this is in, in, at the dawn of the discovery that emotional connections uh, through brain science, uh, we, we learned that emotional connections could happen. And, you know, Jack very frankly told me, um, you know, no one's going to fall in love with a roll of toilet paper. Um, but, you know, now I, I think we, we have to think about that roll of toilet paper and say, well, um, we know that people can fall in love with that. They can have an emotion, emotional connections that turn into a preference for that. But even beyond that is how it, could that roll of toilet paper also be um, protecting our planet? How could that roll of toilet paper also um, have shared, uh, reflect shared values with a, their target customer? So there's there's a bigger context now in in which we need to refer to in building brands. We have to think about more, um, and there's more at stake, and there there's more expectations. But surely we're all too busy to go falling in love with brands. I mean, we come across so many brands that we just need to distinguish one from another and think, okay, that's the brand I'm going to buy because it did the job last time and I don't have to make a choice. I'm not sure about falling in love with brands. Yeah, it's, it's a, um, there'll be a time when brand, your preferred brand is just, just a shortcut. Once that shortcut in the mind is created, you'll just reach for the same one over and over on the shelf. It will be very hard to change your behavior. Um, in, in fact, uh, to change behaviors requires um, changing the incentives, right? But as far as um, you know, building an emotional connection and and uh, brands can very much hold a, a, a dear place in in people's lives, and you can see that um, uh, maybe another. Uh, obvious example here would be or well-known example would be Starbucks where people will pass four other coffee shops to get to a Starbucks. Um, they built that kind of an emotional connection. It's not around, um, uh, it's beyond the coffee. Um, 
it is now become a place that um, you know that's that product is part of who they are. Um, and, and so that connection is, is strong, but uh, what I, what I advocate, uh, for is, is being very intentional about building emotional connections. Now, um, uh, if you're an established brand in the market and you're trying to get somebody to feel something different about you, that can be, I think, problematic. Um, but I think that, um, you can you can find strategies to move people your way um, that maybe didn't think about you um, in in a certain way before, and the only way to do that is is by understanding emotions um, and uh, in movements we're even seeing around the world. Uh, I've been spending time working with the Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter, Bernice King, helping her think through um, the just the future of taking on inequality and injustice and how um, the strength of her brand can enable that. Um, it all comes back to emotion that is driving people out to the streets and saying enough is enough. Uh, so if you're a young brand, uh, would you create a story? Is that how you would create this emotion? Well, story is a very important component to this, right? This is a story is where you communicate your value. So stories um, are, are essential, but they have to lead us back to this truth, which is what you're really about on the inside. So story comes after brand strategy. After you position the brand, then you can work on the, the story work. You know, what kind, what's the most important message um, do we want to communicate? What are, um, what different storylines could we pursue? Um, let's strategically um, think, think through uh, what stories this brand can tell that will matter and also help us separate from uh, other ideas uh, in the marketplace. Um, so story is absolutely critical. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, story can sometimes be, um, uh, people can start on stories before uh, just like they can with logos before they should be working on those. But if they should be working on their brand mantra, presumably that's the same as the brand essence is mm -hmm. another word. How do they even do that then? Yeah. So, uh, um, so brand essence, uh, the heart and soul of your brand or brand mantra that happens in that positioning work. And then that informs the story. What I'm in, uh, what I really want people to know is is don't skip steps do not uh alter the sequence of this work um it, it it's a proven pathway is study the mind of your target customer position your brand as it matters to them work on the story uh and the um you know, your identity and packaging and those types of things that will help um, 
communicate that value. And, and when possible, you know, use design thinking to bake in this meaning into the products themselves. Uh, and certainly consider another thing that, that uh, I think is important is understanding you have to build the brand from the inside out. Um, so get your people involved so they know how to, um, what this promise you're making is all about and how they can deliver on it. Um, so those things are, are all key, um, but it, it comes back to um, what uh, what are we going to change in, in the world with this with this new offering? Um, uh, what are we going to um, you know what kind of actions are we going to take to help people um, uh, feel a certain way about us? Uh, what kind of proof? are we going to create so they can believe in what we're saying? Um, uh, those, those are the things. And, and once you figure that out, then you can get into, uh, um, let's drill down more of into the products and services. You know, what, what are people, or what are we going to offer people that they're not getting now? Um, uh, how are we going to work with them to, to make, uh, this new offering, uh, something that's better for them and in, in their lives. So the, these are the kind of questions that I think have been asked first in some cases, but they need to be flipped in, in what I said earlier about putting brand first, business second. It seems to me that this could occupy years of someone's time thinking all this through. How how long in practice do you need with a relatively young business? Say they've been in business three, four years, they're rebranding. How long do you need to help them sort out their brand strategy so they're very clear and can go ahead? You know, um, I'm, I'm going to answer that taking, uh, running the risk of, of my work being discounted. Um, it, it really a lot of this work is accomplished in one or two day strategy workshops. Um, I've just completed work with a um, startup brand in the Netherlands funded by the Dutch government. And we spent two full strategy days. And then I spent a week before those days um, going through uh, research that they had conducted preparing for that workshop. So you can really get there in a quick amount of time. Um, but what, what I would want your audience to know, it, it isn't um, the, it's probably the obvious, it isn't the amount of time you spend on something that matters, it's, it's the outcomes. So the process, uh, you know, the process, it, I mean, if, if, uh, if we figure this out in a couple of days, um, it, it should not be discounted. Um, but you can have, all of the things I've mentioned today, including a uh, story and your most important messaging in two full days of workshop time. Uh, and one of the reasons uh, a lot of my work, not, not all of it, but a lot of my work is in these workshop formats is because founders and, um, and organizations can get quick wins. They can get their executives together and things can move quickly through through um, a process that we have, and we have 
validated over over 200 brands in all stages of development. Okay, that's that's interesting. So what should they know about themselves before they come to you to get maximum value from their time with you? They certainly are going to know want to know um, what business category they're in. How are they competing in the world or how they intend to compete in the world? It's possible that they've created new value that that will have no competition. And uh, but there's still they need to bring some kind of frame of reference, at least what they want to achieve in the world. It, it could be. um it could be something as simple as this saying, you know, I want to um, change how people hail a taxi. I want, I want to, I want to change how they feel about that, you know, create some kind of ease and frictionless experience in taxi hailing. Mm-hmm. And then I want, um, uh, I want that to manifest in some kind of app so they can easily uh, hail a taxi and it could, and I also want to incentivize people that own their own cars to be that taxi. And then here I have an idea, which sounds and looks a lot like Uber because that's what it is. Um, and I'm, uh, then we have enough to say, okay, well, let's, um, let's put a, a, a lens on top of this to help us make decisions that resonate with the people that will be hailing these taxis and strengthen that business model um, uh, and very closely align it with brand strategy. Um, that's that's uh, maybe I've painted the picture that you were looking for, Shireen. I, I, I hope I have. Uh, if not, push me more. <laughs> exactly. I, it's it's what I was thinking that, you know, they've got to have some idea about their business strategy, what they're going to be doing, and then you build on top of that. Yeah, whatever it is, mm. they, they need to know um, uh, that if they don't define it for people, it will be defined for them. Yeah, And that's that's where it gets dangerous because out in the marketplace – that leaves it up to your customer to figure it out. And they may not always get it right. And mm. then you, you, you open the door for your competitor to define what you're all about. That's never a good idea. Um, and then that takes us to the most dangerous place where you could be in a position where you have to ask people to change what they think about you, which is mm. often the hardest work of all. Yeah, to change perceptions. That's been really useful. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Derek. Um, is there anything else that I should be asking you that you think is important to mention in this context? Yeah, uh, there is one more thing. Um, I would say, and and this goes back to, to my mentor, Jack Troughton, in his words, uh, marketing is too important to be left to the marketers. So if you are a CEO, a founder, and you think that, well, I'm just going to hand this off to an agency or a marketer or my staff, whoever's running my social media, whatever, and then you, you'll, you, you don't have to do anything with it, you're making a big mistake. You need to be the ultimate marketer in the organization. And uh, Steve Jobs, who was really wearing that marketing hat, uh, in, in his small 
startup in his garage. Um, he proved proves that point of how important marketing is um, in bringing a brand to life. So you need to put your marketing hat on because that is going to be um, the activity that creates value in people's minds. And you absolutely need to get that right. It's not going to be enough to create a product that uh, has more features than a competitor. Um, it still has to resonate with people. And uh, in that sense, you've got to think about, well, how am I going to build this um, connection of, of warmth uh, to my idea? Mm. Um, and that takes us back to the work of brand strategy. Great. Thank you very much indeed. That's really useful. Thank you for having me. I'd love it if you would sign up to the Brandtune newsletter at brandtune.com slash newsletter and access the seven costly mistakes to avoid when branding or rebranding. The link is in the show notes. My guest next week is Rand Fishkin, the co-founder and CEO of audience research startup Spark Toro. He's dedicated his professional life to helping people do better marketing through his writing, speaking, startups, and his book, Lost and Founder.